Welcome into a brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's American Express. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday night, Rick. Um, excited for another Power Hour. We got it. We got a unique one this week. So, full disclosure before we get started, I kind of hate this event the way it is, <laughs> but but I think it's really, really interesting and intriguing from a jock market perspective. Anytime you introduce three courses where a player's price is totally active and fluid throughout the event and they're bumping from easy course to hard course and you can monitor weather. So I think we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do have a lot to talk about, and there is a lot of uniqueness to this event. And just in general, like I, I feel like when we get to Wednesday night, I literally take off my normal brain and I have to put a different brain in for jock market, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time where Colin Morikawa blows the outright ticket, loses you everything, wins you in the jock market. Hayden Buckley, uh, you know, can't close last week at the Sony Open, big time winner in last week's jock market. This is this truly is just saying, can this guy outperform his expectation? Am I higher on this guy than they are? And if I'm right, I win. And it's like I have to flip my brain a little bit to get to that point. But when I get into it, I love it. 100 percent. We're talking stock market DFS promo codes in the banner right below. Yeah, it's it's you have to totally adjust it like. I had for I had shares of Chris Kirk and Hayden Buckley last week. I put it in the tweet earlier. Uh, you're ripping up and throwing in the trash any outright bets that you have on either of those guys. Um, they were awesome in jock market. They actually had, I believe, Buckley had um, just below the ROI that Siwoo had, and Chris Kirk was up there as well. So both were both were great plays. Both ended up returning a profit. And like you mentioned, we totally do have to rewire. I mean, I think that. I'm more outright focused on the majority of the content that I'm focused on during the week. And this is a different animal because I think Siwoo is a great example of, of a player that goes for it, right? Um, the, the, Whatever the saying is about, you know, fortune favors the bold, that's Siwoo Kim. He's going to hit outrights because he plays so aggressively. There's not many other players in the field that are trying to hit iron onto the green from 245 that have the, have the you know, stones to chip in after Buckley birdies. But in, in sometimes in jock market, the more conservative plays, you just have to re- rethink how you evaluate individual players. And like you mentioned, the ultimate goal is is outperforming a level of expectation. Yeah, that's right. So I have it right here, and I'll pull it back up because we'll put some numbers to this. Hayden Buckley last Wednesday, IPO, so at this moment we're in right now, sold for $4.75 a share, paid out $20 a share. That's $15.25 of profit for every single share. Chris Kirk... Also in Joe's portfolio, $4.53 per share last week, paid out $18 per share. So that's $13.47 of profit per share that you had of Chris Kirk. So that's how this all adds up very quickly. And it's all how all you have to do is outperform your expectations. I mean, there's a lot of times, Joe, where I look at it, I'm like, man, the only way I could get access to this guy is like in the top 40 market. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing I trust them with. Right. I don't, the only thing I trust them with is the top 40 market. We're like, that's the perfect guy for jock market. Yep. Yeah. There's a number of them where um, you'll literally make money if they just finish inside the cut on some players, uh, you know, right around like 45th or 50th place. There's other guys. Every player and every price point has a certain break even point. So um, absolutely. It's it's a unique fantasy format. And, and speaking of format, 
they've added a new little wrinkle into the jock market. Did you see this this week? Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. Uh, before I before I do. The code you're looking for, it's power. There's a link in the description. It'll get you the best dep deposit bonus available. They they sneakily yeah. released a new format on us, Joe. And I believe this is a soft launch. This was teased a couple of weeks ago when we had Jonathan Bell on for the card break. And they have released, Jock Market has released a props pick'em style game i know you have it on your phone yep. it's available on mobile only right now on this release iphones only you've been messing around with us talk us through it yeah so what you're going to want to do if it is not showing up for you is to simply go into the app store and update your app first things first um, once you sign back in right on the bottom of your screen right when you open up jock market um, it will have the normal screen that you're used to, but there will be a second tab right along the bottom that says pick them. Um, essentially, what this is, is, a, is an over under, you know, prize picks type format where you can take anywhere from two to five plays and and you're betting props, you're betting player props. We've talked about it before. It's a really cool, interesting way to I think it's a it's a great idea for them, Rick, to keep users engaged on the app. People that have a lot of money in these portfolios. Um, just to be able to have another resource in terms of a different way to play that may be easier to initially understand, right? You can understand Patrick Mahomes over under right now for passing yards. I just had it up. It was like 265 yards. You Anyone can understand he's either going above or below that. There is a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to the stock market stuff, which is why we're here to kind of help people along. But uh, a very cool new feature that they've launched. The four major sports right now, but we've been kind of told behind the scenes that golf is in the works and hopefully, hopefully coming soon here. Yeah. So Brent's question: Does this feature require a separate deposit? No, it doesn't. That's kind of the the great part about this. And and you're right. Not that anybody really is here for the the business side of things, but there is a there is a an educational barrier to getting people involved in stock market DFS having. This side of things uh, is is certainly where the market is going. Kind of these smaller, like, hey, prop, like just take over, under, et cetera, et cetera. But also to have both sides of it makes this a very complete fantasy experience. Absolutely. Yep. Everything all in one app, which was which was kind of great for them. Um, we're expecting sort of a big marketing rollout to coincide with it and, and web use to be available soon as well. But uh, like we mentioned, if you do have an iPhone, and you update your app, you will see it. You are free to test it. You are free to give us any feedback that we're happy to pass along to the guys. But um, pretty cool attempt to sort of just kind of engage their users in a different experience all within the same app. So it's it's cool to see. Yeah, they're constantly innovating, which is why we've worked with them for over two years now and are, are loving it. And this is just another example of that. Um, we have a lot more to talk about. You know, the, you, you mentioned it, the three-course rotation – Going from the stadium course, also having the Nichols tournament course, the and, and La Quinta Country Club, it's going to offer a couple of wrinkles. Uh, obviously, some of these golf courses, particularly La Quinta, are, is easier than the other two, or at least historically has been. So when we get into this tonight, and we've got 35 minutes until this IPO closes, do you think you'll find yourself trying to snatch up guys who are going to start at La Quinta? Is that going to build your portfolio? Do you think that you'll try to just pick them up before they get there? Like, how are we going to actually deal with the logistics of this? 
Yeah, that's really tough to decipher in an IPO hour in terms of figuring out all that if you're going to adjust your target pricing based on on where they start and where they finish. I think I'm going to kind of simplify things. Understand that all players are going to play all three courses, but really what it changes for me is looking at some of the in-play stuff. When you have guys who have particularly like torn up La Quinta before, as anyone can do, there's really no trouble and you can kind of go bombs away off the tee and you're going to have wedges in uh the par fives are short it's one of the easier scoring courses on tour so paying attention to if your guy has that course coming up in either his second or third round um or you're looking to target a player you may be able to get a good price on him knowing that um the the scoring average on that course is going to be probably a stroke lower than we see at the stadium course so there's a big advantage there and and they can move up the leaderboard quick when on that when on that golf course all right let's start talking about a couple of golfers in particular and this is when we play bullish or bearish where joe and i take a stance on four different golfers and that's right determine whether we are bullish or bearish joe let's just start with last week's champ siwoo kim back at it again at a place that he has won the fair values are very soft again this week so his fair value is five dollars and 17 cents which is 33rd or better he will clear that so it'll be it'll be north of what his fair value is listed on jock market right now but in general you're bullish bearish on Siwoo this week? I'm going to say bearish. Um, I know that he's got the Pete Dye thing working for him. I'm just going to take this side in that um, part of what I mentioned with Siwoo before is inherently there you you take on some volatility there in just the way that, that he approaches the game and the way that he plays the game and really going for it. It's going to work sometimes like it did last week. But the majority of the time, it isn't going to work. And that's okay because you look at the number of wins he's been able to stack up in his career, and that's worked for him. That's a great method. In jock market, it gets a little bit scarier than that. Um, I'll say Barish, you know, he's had wins in the past, and he's missed the cut, I noticed, in the following event after a win in every one. That could totally be unpredictable, um, but just something that I thought was maybe interesting. Coming off a short week, been great here, so I think people are going to want to play him. I'll say Barish. I think he is the most interesting golfer for this week because there's going to be a lot of conversation about, well, he's a die specialist. Well, he's, you know, he never makes the cut after, after winning and playing right after a win in general is very hard, but he was great last week. You know, all, all this stuff back and forth and what the market is going to end up deciding on him tonight. I'll take a bullish side of things, right? When you gain eight strokes on approach and two straight starts and you flip to the broomstick and that then does improve your putting stats. I'm already bullish. Then you go to a place you've had a lot of great success at. Let's go fire them up. So I, uh, feels like a trap, right? Feels like an absolute trap, but I'll, I'll take bullish on, on Siwoo tonight. Yeah, second best player in the field in in recent form in terms of approach play, which has probably been the the closest stat to correlated success here. So um, shapes up good. Next up, Xander Shoffley, who uh, I think we've got more health questions than maybe performance questions. He is the uh, sixth pre-ranked golfer for this evening. Again, very soft, fair value of 577. He'll clear that very, very easily early in the night. Bullish or bearish on Xander Shoffley? So this one is going to depend on price for me. I kind of want to be bearish just because I want to play a little bit more of a wait and see. I didn't love the comments that he made in the press conference this week. I mean, it sounds like he's going to he's he's committed to giving it a go. 
but he was very honest about how it's affected his practice routine and he's really not going at it very hard and he's taking less reps. Um, it's usually not the situation you want a guy, but seven of the last 10, he's returned you a great ROI in the jock market. Um, I think this is, there really isn't a bad course fit for Xander. If the, it's really going to depend on where the narrative is. If he's underpriced because people are worried about the injury, I'll be bullish, but I think enough people are smart enough to want to play him and realize the potential upside. I think it gets to the point where, where I'll be bearish on Xander compared to, to the other users. Yeah. Last 20 jock cash markets he's got an average roi of 23 percent, which is pretty darn good considering he's uh his ipo is generally over eight dollars okay i said see was the most interesting guy he this he, xander might actually be the most interesting guy here because if he's anywhere near like 90 percent healthy he's like the third best player in the field yeah, now yeah. um from what i could gather and you're right i think it was a lot of uh, i don't know practice has kind of been weird and i've never been hurt before and i'm dealing with this for the first time this is not somebody who's like chronically injured like there's a lot of guys who just deal with pain and deal with stuff all the time and they know how to deal with it and you never hear about it and that's what happens on tour xander's like xander's like me xander's a big baby right like when i when my tummy hurts i'm done i got no chance out there i i We'll take the bullish side of things. I hope he's feeling good. I hope he's feeling healthy. I hope we see some great stuff, but uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be from my dollars. Yeah. For what it's worth, this is a, I think it's a good spot for him. Like he's done well on Pete Dye courses before um, it's short. He's not going to really have to go at anything really hard or deal with any thick rough to get through on the back. Um, it, it's probably a very good setup to hopefully get four rounds. You're going to be playing at a slow, methodical pro-am pace. So um, it's probably a nice little event to, to get some reps on the old back. All right. Next up is way off the board. I wanted to mix it up. I wanted to get a little bit freaky. Uh, and I threw in Christian Bezaden Hote in here, Joe. And really, I, I just wanted to be like, are we sure he's any good? Like, what's his <laughs> like, what's his deal? Right. So he is he's the 20th pre-ranked golfer. Like, I'm not sure he's all that good. I, I you know what I mean? Like, the, he is such a bizarre guy. I think if his if he didn't have such a unique name, people wouldn't talk about him all that much. He's clearly a pretty good putter, but sometimes he loses that. Like, what is he where does he even rank in the world of golf at this point? Oh man, I, I I listen. I was prepared to take a bearish stance because I don't think he's very good. Um, he's losing strokes putting, and that was really the only area that I think he was he was good in the past. So, um, losing last week with the putter was not a good sign by any means. He, he easily missed the cut. Um, I, I don't have anything positive to say about him right now. I figured since you were throwing him out there, you had a big bullish like secret stat no. that was going to be like, does Zayden Hoot's going to win this week? No, I'm just like ready. I was just ready to throw him under the bus for no reason. Okay. I mean, yeah, I just, it's just so funny though, because he comes up a lot and I get like a lot of questions about him throughout the week. And I was literally just sitting here thinking, I don't even know how I feel about this guy. Right. I just don't even know how I feel. He's so reliant on the short game. And, and even that hasn't been particularly good as of late. I, I just, I think I'm out. I think I'm out until further notice on, on CBES. Yeah, rumors have been swirling in the front office here at the Palm Beach Coconuts uh, headquarters that he's on the hot seat to get dropped if somebody pops up on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, he might find himself available in a lot of leagues moving yeah. forward. Uh, that pesky Chris John Bezaden hood. Okay, uh, finally, let's end with this one. Tom Kim, who was the favorite last week in Honolulu, 
clearly uh, that did not come to fruition. He missed the cut. So, Joe, are you bullish or bearish on Tom Kim? Give me all of it. Um, I want Tom Kim this week. I think that uh, last time he missed the cut, he bounced back with a win, um, which was at the Wyndham, correct? Oh, I'm uh, sorry, the Shriners. The Shriners. Shriners. Well, he yeah, he won Shriners, and uh, he also won Wyndham earlier in the year. Correct. Yep. Um, I just think that last, I'm of the opinion that uh, the world was too high on Tom Kim. The stock was at an all-time high. Now it maybe has dipped a dollar or so in price, and this is when the Sharps come back in to buy all those shares that uh, you paid overpaid for last week. I'll take it. I think he disappointed people. I think it's a great course fit for him. Struggling a bit with the putter, but I, I, like, I, I think that's a weird thing. Sometimes in Hawaii, that it's a tough place to putt. They're slow. A lot of players talked about how slow they were and how grainy they were last week in Hawaii, and the, they were very unfamiliar with it going over there. Um, I think being mainland in a course with with faster greens is only going to help him. He is a good putter. We saw it at the President's Cup. We saw it at the Wyndham. Um, so I'm not so much worried about the stats there. He's he's likely to flip the approaches. He's a great wedge player. You know, desert golf, you can comp the Shriners. He's just, he's he's so good right now. I'm hoping that I get a price break from last week. I'm bullish. As far as miscuts go, it's about as good of a miscut as you could get. Uh, to, to have your worst putting week ever, your worst putting round ever, but still gain a bunch of strokes off the tee and on approach. So yeah, I, I'm with you, bullish. This it, like this kid's resilient. I think he'll be just fine. He's going to get an opportunity to get right back on the horse. He's guaranteed three rounds, Joe. So I mean, it's not even like, you know, missing the cut. I know the top guys don't do it often, but in general, it's pretty easy to do, right? Like you have one bad round or God forbid one bad hole. It's like very easy to miss the cut on the PGA tour with how good the rest of the guys are. And he's got, he's going to have plenty of time to figure it out. 54 holes guaranteed. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Totally. I, I, when I watch, I pay a lot of attention to player body language and how they're reacting to good and bad shots. If, if it's something that you can tell is really in their head, it's more worrisome. Um, he was striking the ball pretty well. He had a couple of bad breaks. He was almost laughing it off at not getting any breaks with the putter when he was lifting out. He like fist pumped in a four footer at one point, just like mocking it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm ready for a Tom Kim bounce back. All right. We will now turn our attention to the big board. It is the live pricing as we go for the next 25 minutes or so. This IPO that we're in right now, it's going to end right around 9 p.m. Eastern time. So if you are one of the high bidders, your bids should be going in right now. Uh, when the IPO closes, those shares are allocated to you. They go into your portfolio. And as I unveil the big board for the first time tonight, Joe, it is certainly no surprise who is at the top of it. It's John Rahm. Uh, he's got one win on this board, Century Tournament of Champions, but obviously two DP World Tour wins within those last couple of starts. JR going to go for probably a big-time number here tonight. Yeah, he is. He's he's the train is coming and, and we're all kind of on the tracks and just hoping to not get hit by it. It's a tough like if this were at the Memorial, I would love his chances much more than we are at the Amex. I just feel like so many more players in the field are live. That said, he's done it before. Um, it wouldn't all, it wouldn't surprise me all that much. The fair values like you'll notice are like all out of whack once again this week. So the top guys aren't high enough. The low guys aren't aren't low enough. 
Um, they're all kind of crammed in the middle. Um, one thing I would recommend if you go to like your website, you have it up right there, all the jock market free tools um, to help anyone out who's not sure what to project or target a player. Look at old data from last year. Look at, you know, all that stuff is downloadable in an Excel format. It's all free on the website. That'll give you a better baseline of like what the top players should kind of go for, I think. Yeah, so just to put this into perspective, let's check out the IPO from last year. Okay, John Rahm went for eleven ninety one per share yeah. last year. Uh, Patrick Cantley ten fifty four. Then there was a big gap two dollars to Scotty Scheffler. And how about this, Matt Wolf? We were Who? pretty hot. How 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 quickly things change? One year ago, Matthew Wolf was the fourth most expensive golfer in the track market. I probably had shares, man. I loved him coming off of that fall last year. Now I'm like. What happened? Yeah, what happened is right. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, who we just mentioned, is the second pre-ranked golfer. So he is still at $1.50 per share right now. That's obviously going to change with Patrick Cantlay already catching some steam at seven seventy six, trying to give John Rahm a run for his money. And then the rest of the big five here, Joe, is Tony Finau and Will Zalatoris. So if it's not John Rahm, if you don't end up with John Rahm's shares, or maybe you end up with John Rahm's shares and someone else, who would that someone else be here at the top? Um, well, you know, I, I like Tom Kim. I think that he goes somewhere up near the top. Um, for me, it's probably Tony Finau. I feel like is a little bit safer at this point than Scotty Scheffler. Um, but there's a lot to like about Scotty. I was just looking up. He He's finally, like within the last 12 rounds, flipped to being back to a positive putter. Um, his around the green stuff is ticking up as well. Where I mean, he's got fantastic hands. He's amazing around the green. I can remember like that's kind of how he won the match play. That's kind of how he won the Arnold Palmer is like just being able to get up and down in situations where other players weren't and, and making that six foot putt. It's been a sticking point for him, but a couple of good finishes, four consecutive top tens. Um, he's definitely trending back toward that path as we as we enter the the you know big swing of the season here. Last 20 cash markets, 10 wins, 10 losses, but that average ROI, 27.4%, probably one of the bigger numbers for a guy whose average IPO is over nine bucks a yeah. share. So that's Scotty Scheffler we're referring to. That next tier of golfer, that's where Xander Shoffley resides at the sixth pre-rank, Brian Harmon at seven, Tom Kim at eight, Sungjae at nine. And Cam Young at 10, Joe. So we've got a couple of guys we haven't talked about here. Um, you know, Sung Jay is kind of confusing to me. Cam Young seems to be catching a lot of steam. And Brian Harmon, of course, um, has had some decent success around this place. What do you what do you make of this next this next section? I think Brian Harmon's the sneaky one. I think that he, even though he's pre, um, a higher pre-rank, I think that he goes below Sung Jay, below someone like Cameron Young. And I think that he's kind of the sneaky one that that I'm looking toward here. Um it's just he's been on a run for a long time and it just doesn't feel like this is like a, a, a random hot streak that he's on. I think that um, what happens, it's just kind of unique when when the whole stuff went down with live. Right. And you get a lot of these top players that exit when you get no more Cam and no more Dustin and Brooks and Bryson, that second tier of like what were B players get like an immediate bump like the Rom, the shufflers and can't were really good anyways but when there's so many less dragons for a guy like brian Harmon to slay um i think that that gave him a big bump in terms of where he sits relative to any pga tour field that he's in talent wise uh and he's really showcased some really consistent results cameron young i have some concerns i, I know a lot of people love him this week 
I just feel like his biggest weapon is neutralized to some degree at this tournament with no rough, with distance giving him a minor advantage, with everyone in the field can easily reach the par fives and two. Um, that's my only, I guess, negative point on Cameron Young. Yeah, worth noting to put a bow on Brian Harmon. You know, he was a loser at both events in Hawaii. Those are not those are not good spots for him, right? I mean, Kapalua is not a good spot for him, and he historically hadn't been all that great at Wiley. This is a much better set of courses for him that I think he'll be able to kind of take advantage of. So I'm with you there. I'm pretty excited about Brian Harmon this week. Um, the next tier, and I'll flip around as we get closer to you know nine o'clock Eastern. I'll I'll keep track of the pricing here, but let's start talking about some guys. You know, eleven through twenty. That's Aaron Wise. It's Sahith Tagala. It's Denny McCarthy in a putting contest, according to John Rahm. It's Taylor Montgomery. I mean, what are we gonna take out of the eleven through twenties in the pre ranks? I like the young guys. Um, Tagala, Davis, Montgomery. Um. Those those type of players, I'm I'm really sort of high on this week's. The Gala is another one. I just think that they have a big opportunity. I think the course was sets up in, in favor of them. But we can't ignore um, Tom Hoagie anymore. Like he's been doing it for so long. I was looking at some of Siwoo's wedge numbers recently, and he's been the second best approach player that I mentioned in the field. The best player is Tom Hoagie, which was surprised a lot of people recently. Um, I. I think that he's being still undervalued a little bit in all markets across the board we'll see how that shakes out tonight and what about sam burns like he's one of those enigmas in jock market where he is volatile kind of like a siwoo he's been on a downward trend he's really lost it with approach but we're talking about a guy who's stacked a bunch of pga tour wins who seems like the upside is there he's like 40 or 45 to 1 in a betting market this week, which which just feels too high for his skill set at this type of course. It's really weird. It is. You know, he is legit. The upside is 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 actually multiple wins a year. That that yes. is what he has basically done. And for uh, his stats are weird because he doesn't get credit for. I, I thought he played awesome at the Presidents Cup. And he like was dragging Scotty Scheffler around like, like crazy, but that's not going to show up in any stats anywhere. And then he had a couple of good starts where, you know, he finished T seven at the CJ cup, but then he had this like horrible loss at the tournament champion. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I'm probably more bullish than most call it six out of 10, six and a half out of 10, something like that. But it, it is, it is strange. The dialogue or, or lack thereof around Sam Burns. Yeah, you know, I look sometimes I will look at um, like projected fantasy ownership and some other formats just to get an idea where the public sentiment at. And I'm looking at your page here and he's the lowest projected owned player in like the top 25, which is kind of wild because he's at a pretty lucrative price. So if that carries over into a format like jock market tonight and he's cheap, um, I don't mind taking a little bit of risk there because I think that uh, the reward is is victory. Starting to get into some value here. For golfers pre-ranked 21 to 30. Some notable names in this range. Cam Davis, who I'm certainly smitten with. Ricky Fowler back in action. Adam Hadwin is here. I think maybe those are the most notable, at least for this week, Joe. I mean, I'm a believer in Taylor Pendrith. I'm not sure this is a great spot for him, but there, there are some interesting options coming out of this tier. 
Yeah, Ricky's already four fifty four, which is interesting. He's and, and just I, so and popular. I haven't, ref- I haven't refreshed in a while. He might be more than that. <laughs> you know, it's like I love him. I think this is a great spot for him. I think everyone kind of is thinking that and rooting for him, which is probably going to to put him above my price level. Adam Hadwin's also up there, who I think sets up great. Cameron Davis, we we talked about. We both are, are super high on Cameron Davis, but the guys like under there at like a dollar. Um, Keith Mitchell's one. Like yeah. I, I think that this is a pretty sneaky good spot for Keith Mitchell. Grayson Sig um, has been playing Sig's pretty been, good golf. I, I don't think he's missed a cut yet this year. No, he hasn't. He hasn't missed a cut since Wyndham. Yeah, solid. Mm. Steady. Uh, Thirty-one to forty. Chris, you going back to Chris Kirk? You made you a lot of money last week. I'm thinking about it. You know, I was looking at some comments that Chris Kirk had like two years ago about how much he liked this sort of layout. Um, that was a great spot for him. That he plays that big sort of sweeping draw off the tee. So those, I was really nervous. So I had the Buckley ticket with you, right? Yeah. And I'm sort of sweating that out. And I was kind of more nervous about Chris Kirk because those last five holes set up so well for his his style of play and his swing. Um, but he wasn't as aggressive as Siwoo and it paid off And maybe eight or nine times out of 10 that doesn't work for Siwoo. Um, but that's kind of why I, I respect him so much is, is he'll go for things that other players won't try. But, but Kirk is a much more steady player that um, I, th- I think could play well here again. And you know, what else has been not too bad. Uh, Wyndham Clark. He's showing oh. up in some of the stuff I've been running. Um, interesting. He's only a dollar a share. Pretty decent pre-rank at thirty-five this week. Yeah, his uh, his advanced metrics are a lot better than you would think they are. Yeah, right? I'm like, go check those out. Uh, Garrett wants to know where's JT posted. Well, uh, he's right here, four ninety-nine a share at the moment. He's the forty-ninth pre-ranked golfer. I love this spot. I, I I would be sprinkling here, Joe. The Thomas Dietrys, the Nick Taylors, JT Poston, Will Gordon, SH Kim is a like assassin okay yeah. his swing is so nice 393 a share this is where i'm i'm starting to get my touchies in i'm starting to sprinkle down here 45 to like 60s in the pre-rank seriously dude there's good players i mean lipsky's been playing well he's down here hodges i think this yeah. is a good spot for hodges um justin Lowe, steven yeager's been playing awesome he rates out really well and where's our where's my boy uh ben griffin at he's been on a really good yeah i think run he got there. a bad pre-rank he is here he is 76 but he's already over four dollars a share yeah 76 so he has been rocking and roll his last three are 117 percent roi 34 percent, 91 percent, and then two starts before that uh 230 percent in bermuda he's been awesome in the jock market he has. He's been a stud. Uh, well, it seems like people are starting to get the hang of him, though. Real value now. We're like sub 80. Uh, I saw that the chat was already getting to Callum Taron, which I love, but he's already over four bucks to share. But I think he's got a decent chance. Tyson Alexander, I bet at 600 to one. That's 600. That's 600 to one's too long. That's too long. But I love it. 285. 285 is his share price right now. Are there any real kind of penny stocks down here that you think are worth firing on. Yeah, I was going to make a mention of the 103rd pre-ranks player at Ben on, but it looks like some other people are on him. He's already up to 344. Um, I have Tyson Alexander favorited as well. So was looking at him. Danny Lee, I don't he's just like hard to predict. But every now and then he'll just come out with like a top 20 finish. And he's had a 21st and a 48th so far this year. 
He's all the way down at your 119th pre-rank spot. I think he can make the cut this week and, and potentially top 40, which, you know, if you can get him for two bucks a share, it'll pay off nicely. Yeah, the other one was uh, Aaron Baddeley. Aaron Baddeley's been hmm. rejuvenated, and he was he was down there in that, like, $2 range, at least as of a couple of minutes ago. Okay, we are in really the home stretch here. We've got about 12 minutes to go in this IPO, uh, so go get your bids in. This market's going to close around 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Also, if you're coming in late and missed the announcement and you're on the mobile app and you're like, hey, what's this thing at the bottom? There are now prop pickums in Jock Market. Uh, go, up, go update your app in the app store if you want to get access to that nice little fun little counterpart to stock market dfs but uh joe let me show you the top of the board here and it's maturing pretty much as expected rom at 955 a share patrick Cantlay at 914 then a gap to scotty scheffler gap to tony finau and then everybody else i suppose based on pre-rank the guys that are getting more love than they quote should Cam Young and Siwoo Kim, and the guys that are not getting as much love based on pre-rank, Sung J.M. and Xander Shoffley. Yeah, and the other thing, so I was looking at the top 20, and I'm like, who's the cheapest guy? Oh, it's of course, it's our guy, Bezayden Hoop. But then uh, I'm showing Aaron Wise at 229. I know he's kind of your boy. What's up with Aaron Wise? Why does nobody like him here? Is he just, it's just, just a bad course uh, history spot for him? I mean, yeah, he's missed I mean, he's missed the cut three times in a row. I, I would... You could argue he's a much better player now than he was in any of those, but th- yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is. He won't stay that low, but he does not seem to be catching a lot of momentum right now. Yeah, he doesn't. And people were very high on him coming into this season. So it's interesting at a spot like this. I know the course history, but I put a little, I de-emphasize course history a little bit when you're bouncing around to three different courses. You know, you're not playing the same place four straight rounds. So um, it'd just be interesting to monitor kind of where he ends up if people have kind of tired of Aaron Wise. No, you're you're absolutely right. And we're seeing a little bit of a run on Taylor Montgomery up to $5.95. Is this too good to be true? He's just a legit top 15 machine. What's the story? So <laughs> he just is going to putt his way to a top 15 finish every week. I mean, at some point you just have to be like, yeah, he's he's Denny McCarthy. He's a powerful Denny McCarthy. Yeah, he's a he's he puts like Denny, but he's better than Denny in the other areas. Yeah, he's much longer off the tee and a better driver of the ball. They're probably about he's not a great approach player, but um, he's pretty savvy around the green. And uh, at about eight, nine feet, it seems like every time they cue him up on the screen, he's draining it in the center of the cup. 80 or 90 feet, even a guy. I swear the guy rolls everything in. It's unbelievable. Uh, but it's been going on for 18 months. So I don't think it's a heater. I think he's a very, very good putter. and Good for him. It's awesome. Um, looking down at the rest of this board, Tom Hoagie now up to $5 and 75 cents a share. That's interesting. I mean, look at all these guys that are passing Xander, dude. This is going to be the most interesting story of the night. KH Lee, more expensive. Andrew Putnam, more expensive. Uh, Cam Davis, Sam Burns, Tom Hoagie, Sahith. I mean, he is Xander is being priced with Wyndham Clark, JT Post. And that, that is <sighs> what's the target price for you on Xander? Uh, all right, well, let's look at what the fair value result would be. So if we say um, like eight, uh, 825-ish, yeah. I'd probably go to 825 on Xander. I think he, I don't think he quite gets there, but we'll see. We'll see if people kind of bring it in. Um, that might be high. 
Yeah. Um, if I mean, if he stays in this range, if he's in the low sevens and you need a top 20 out of him, it's not a bad bet on, like you mentioned, um, if things are going well and he's feeling okay and he gets a deep tissue massage in the morning, he's probably a top three player in the field. That's that's the thing. I'm I'm blinded by the upside while I should also be considering uh, this could get pretty ugly. Uh, Will Zalatoris is here. I don't think we've mentioned much about Will. I'm in. Like I I, okay. I saw I saw enough in Maui, right? I mean, he kind of knocked the rust off his irons after the first two rounds. He putted well each and every round. I thought he looked aggressive and powerful, and he wasn't nursing anything. I think he did what a lot of guys would benefit to do, which is not rush back. Make sure you get right. Don't come back for the president's cup. Don't come back just because you want to play the tour championship or whatever else. Like he took the time and I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't catch much of him at the century. Um, was, was he pretty much just back to ball striking the hell out of it? Like we were used to. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, the first two rounds, he was not very good. And then he started to figure it out. But like those were his first two competitive rounds in like five months or something yeah. like that. It didn't, it did not take him long for him to get, for him to get back to what I thought was like baseline Will Zalatoris. Yeah. And this is probably an unfair take, but um, hard to, for, for a guy like Will, like hard to come out of the gates firing when you know, you're got to shoot like 30 under to win. I don't think that's exactly like his favorite PGA tour setup. Yeah, maybe not. Um, all right, I've got 853, Joe. Why don't you go do your thing? Okay, okay. so so here's what's going to happen here. Joe is going to go put his bids in and battle you guys out for, I don't know, Denny McCarthy or Chris Kirk or <laughs> one, of that these, to me. one of these other guys that he loves that always ends up in his portfolio. But hey, it works out a lot. Um, and I'll take you the rest of the way here. So the code to get involved, and now even more so than ever with the added pick them aspect of things is power. There's a link in the description. It'll get you a deposit bonus. You can use the same fund, same bankroll for both of those games, uh, which is really, really sick. Go and take care of that. Now, let me give the board a refresh and I'll take you the rest of the way here with the pricing. I don't see any scenario in which John Rahm is not going to be the most expensive golfer when this thing is all said and done. And that is uh, currently where we are at. John Rahm has crossed over the $10 mark. Now $10.50 per share. He obviously won the Tournament of Champions, returns you 159% ROI, and he's been a pretty big winner uh, most times in his career. Patrick Cantlay, despite the third pre-rank, is the second most expensive golfer right now, 937. So that's more than he was at the Tournament of Champions, but still less than he was at the Shriner. So we're getting to another good course history spot for Patrick Cantlay. We'll see where he ends up here tonight. Scotty Scheffler, sneaky, sneaky, just hanging out at $8.88 a share. Quietly a winner in four consecutive cash markets. No wins, doesn't need them. Third place, ninth place, runner up, and seventh for Scotty to accomplish those four wins. Tony Finau, yeah, let's go. Hunky Tony, $8.57 a share. Tiny loser at the Tournament of Champions, 1%. Tiny loser at the Hero World Challenge, 7%. Big winner in Houston, obviously, thanks to that victory, 156%. Those are his last three markets. Here's Cam Young. Kind of talked about this. The Cam Young love is real. He is uh, currently the fifth most expensive golfer despite the 10th pre-rank. He is $7.19 a share. He is more expensive than the likes of 
Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris, Xander Shoffley, all those guys, everybody in on Cam Young at the moment. Let me refresh this. I'll also flip it around and we'll look at this from a top 10 perspective and see if there's any value hanging out there in terms of pre-rank. Oh, here, oh, here comes Scotty Scheffler. Now $10 a share. So here's the top 10 golfers. Uh, the cheapest one that you can get at the moment, believe it or not, Brian Harmon. I think Brian Harmon has pretty good chances, pretty good chance this week. He's the seventh pre-ranked golfer. He's $6.47 a share. This is a much better spot for him than his first two starts of the calendar year were. Here's a little bit of movement on Xander, up to $7.51 a share. I think I pegged him at $8.25. We'll see if he gets there or crosses that. Uh, Aaron Wise is still lacking. Uh, a big gap between Cam Young, the 10th pre-ranked golfer, who's 719 a share, and Aaron Wise the 11th pre-ranked golfer who's at 581. So obviously a little bit of trepidation there when it comes to Aaron Wise. Scotty Scheffler is more expensive than Patrick Cantley. I wonder if that will hold over the course of the next three minutes or so. And we saw a little bit of movement in that last refresh from JT Poston up to $5.25 a share, both at five bucks each. Jason Day, Taylor Pendrith. J-Day's been really good, and Pendrith was awesome last year. We'll see if this is one of the better spots for him. I'm a little bit concerned about that, but we shall see. Uh, a couple of fan favorites like Steven Yeager at 406, Bo Hosser at 356, Brendan Todd 380. Let me refresh this. My clock says 8.57 p.m. Eastern time. We will see. How long we have? Probably about two more minutes if we're lucky to get those bids in. The thing we're tracking right now is if Scotty Scheffler is actually going to surpass Patrick Cantlay tonight. Uh, he's there right now. And then there is kind of this battle for fourth, uh, whether that's Tony Finau or it ends up being Will Zalatoris. We've cooled a little bit on Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery now 40 cents cheaper than Brian Harmon, which I think is interesting. A little bit of a bump on both JT Poston and Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark over $5 a share. Ricky Fowler to $4.54. Let me find a little value here on the second page real quick before we shut this down. Tyson Alexander, $3.19 a share. That's pretty interesting. I might be a buyer on that. Finished runner-up in Houston. Uh, played well at the Sony Open. T32, that was a 50% ROI, and he IPO'd for just a couple more cents than he's IPOing for right now. Aaron Baddeley. $2.99 a share. Big winner in four out of his last five. Yes. Aaron Baddeley back to playing very, very well. Uh, who else do we have down here that could be worth a click or two? Uh, I'm not sure there's much. Andrew Landry, past champion here. He hasn't been very good as of late. I've got 8.59. We are probably moments away from this thing closing. So I'll refresh the big board and see what we can find on the other side. Get those bids in. This is now the point where it can close at any point. It's it's staying strong at the top. Not much movement at the very, very top. Is Closed. Closed. Just missed one. The top of the board. Uh, well, I'll I'll actually hold on to that thought because I don't know if I have the final numbers or not. But flurry at the end? Yeah. Um, our boy Aaron Wise was cheap. That's what I was trying to get right as this thing expired at like $6 a share. Uh, we'll see who he ended up at where he ended up at. But yeah, uh, there was a lot of movement there at the end. I think uh, John Rahm ended up just holding off Scotty Scheffler. I think he did as well. I'm waiting for my 
board to settle. While we do that, do you have your portfolio there or? I do. No? Yep. Okay. All right. Let's talk about it. So Joe uh, will reveal to everyone his portfolio. And I'm looking at your portfolio from last week. And it's pretty darn good. My God. You actually, you actually got very unlucky here because. Oh, you I know. Spieth. Jordan Spieth. I should have sold those shares that I would have crushed. Buckley, Kirk, who all were what? Top five. Yes. And Spieth, who was the first round leader, you were like loving life. I was loving life. I should I should have ditched those shares of Spieth. I should have known that um, he's a bit unpredictable. That was a pretty good. That's a pretty good portfolio, though. All right, who'd you who'd you have who do you have this week? Okay, I have Tom Kim as my highest price player. Then I got Brian Harmon at six dollars and fifty cents. Tom Hoagie at five eighty two. In the mid range, I'm kind of I'm pretty excited about this range. So Kirk at 444, Sig at 415, Taylor Moore at 311, and then I got a couple of cheap ones. I, I kind of want your take on the second one. Danny Lee at 266, okay. and this guy I don't know where he finished, but when I bought shares of him, was the cheapest player in the entire jock market. Do you have oh, any God. idea who it is? Uh, oh God. Um, so he's probably like a thousand to one. Um, is there like an old guy? Is it like an old guy? No, no. All right. It's, um, it? do you want to guess Trevor were below? No, that was close. I think he oh, was second. How about, uh, 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 his name's like Brent, uh, Gunner Weiss or something yes, like that. Gunner, is that Gunner Weave, Gunner Weave. Yeah. <laughs> Weeby, Weave, Gunner Weave. Spell, spell it. W I E or W E I? W I E B E. Dude. How good is that? Um, He's yeah, actually so, hasn't been that bad. No, he's he has some. Uh, so he had some recent good finishes at the PGA in Australia, like a couple top twenties over there. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed that he like went to school in Southern California. This is like his first start. So basically, I think my break even point was like 69th or better. So if he makes the cut this week, we're gonna be positive on Gunner Gunner Weeby. Well, I'll have to figure out how to say his name if we miss the, if he makes the cut. Yeah, we'll have to figure that. So it's funny. I I only had I think I only had like five starts on him in the database, but I saw four of them were pretty good. And I was like, okay, that's not yeah. it's not the end of the world. I uh, noticed him on your 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 trends page on your website because yeah. he only has four starts. He's like the number two guy on there. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Tom Kim, Brian Harmon, Tom Hoagie, Chris Kirk, Grayson Sig, Taylor Moore, and Danny Lee and Gunner Weeb. Maybe we be, we will find out uh, when he inevitably makes the cut this weekend. That is Joe's portfolio. Uh, let us know who you got. Let's see. Uh, Lauer, Baddeley, Zach Johnson for Snoopaloop. JG Funk got Scheffler, Neesmith, Sig, Riley, Lauer, Kazire, Ta Callum Taren, Tyson Alexander, Max McGreevy. And Mina says, oh, hi, Uncle Joe. Ollie says, hi, Uncle Joe. You guys, Ollie, I, saw, I saw him. He was looking fresh with that new haircut. That's right. He's all he's, he's all his stuff. Up. He's feeling it's funny good how when dogs him. get a haircut, they get a little swag extra when they walk around the house. Yeah, right? He's feeling himself. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's proud. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is the final results here. Uh, John Rob did indeed hold off Scotty Scheffler and a pretty clear gap between Scheffler and Cantlay, which was uh, all I mean, listen, we're splitting hairs here, but I think that's a little surprising. Yes. Um, I would as well. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Scheffler bumped ahead of uh, 
of, of Cantlay here, given his course history and how well he's been playing. So, yeah, and then there's a little bit of a gap for Finau, Zalatoris, Xander ended up did coming back into what I think is a reasonable spot for him. The other big gap, or actually, I guess I should flip this around here. So there's 783. You're right. That Aaron Wise at at 585 yeah. is, I don't know, just worth noting. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a good buy. I don't know if it's a bad buy. Admittedly, I'm interested to find out. Yeah, right there, like 10 cents more than Cage Lee. Yeah, I like Aaron Wise. Yeah, here, here are the guys like Ben Taylor, Will Gordon. Chris Kirk, Ben Griffin, Callum Terran, like this mid four, like one of these guys is going to finish second. I yes, guarantee. This is where you're going to get your ROI leader for the week, I think, is going to be right in this range. Absolutely guarantee it. Uh, let's check the second page of the board. Tyson Alexander, 319. Okay, that's what he was late. So he didn't move off of that in the final final minute or so. Doug Gim, what's he been up to? 269. Hmm. Oof. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven losses in a row. Yikes. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, All right. Well, I I say this every week, but truly, I mean it this week. Like, this has really just begun. Yeah. Uh, Pay attention to what course your guys are on. That would be my number one recommendation. If they've, if your player goes out and shoots nine under at La Quinta tomorrow, um, you're going to have to take a good look at what the bids are on them and consider that with, with, you know, two thirds of the field yet to play that course and vice versa. So uh, it'll be fun. It it will be interesting to see how this thing kind of shakes out over the next four days. Power is the code you're looking for. Go get involved. Also, update your app and go check out that new soft-launched feature of the props pickup. Go check it out. Go see if you can take some more money from the guys over at Jock Market. We will be back, Joe, not not next Wednesday night, next Tuesday night, because next week's event is Wednesday through Saturday because the PGA Tour is not going to go up against NFL Conference Sunday. So it is Wednesday to Saturday. The power hour is Tuesday. Don't forget. Got it. Mark your calendars. Yeah, interesting. They don't want to go up against conference championship, but they'll go head to head with the Super Bowl starting. Uh, I guess it's not a game like during technically during the waste management, but um, yeah, Tuesday. I'll see you then, buddy. All right. Uh, follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's American Express. Good luck.